Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. All right. Hi, Kat. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Tanya? Oh, I'm just fabulous. Yeah. It's what still is- winter up in North in uh, North Dakota. In <laughs> I just moved <laughs> up in states. Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere real far up north with all the snow is. <laughs> up in Minnesota, it's still winter, isn't it? Oh, yeah. We've had a shit ton of snow, too. It's crazy. I asked Edward today because we were at the store, uh, grocery store, um, getting stuff for dinner. And I said, do you think winter's over here? And he just looked at me like I was drunk. <laughs> and he goes, no, it's only the middle of January. I'm like, spring solstice, honey, doesn't come till March. <laughs> but I was like, our next 10 day forecast is like the high of 50 every day. I'm like, really? So that means February and March are going to stink, probably. It's going to be crazy. I can say this. I just checked the date of when this podcast is going to air, but I can say this. My, I'm currently, my chaos in life is planning my husband a 50th birthday party. Oh, that is a surprise. Oh, wow. And trying to orchestrate that. And uh, yeah, so. When's his birthday? uh, Valentine's Day. Oh, is it? Wow, that's just around the corner. And uh, with that is, I'm going big. So we've been invited 110 people. Wow, at your house? No, I'm, we're doing it at a, a location, but yeah, so that's, wow. that's, that's a big deal. Yeah. Well, I have to, I have to get him. <laughs> that's the plan. Oh. It's kind of a thing in our family surprise birthday parties. And is so it? this is, this is the, this is the one for him and hopefully I get him. So, wow. I mean, hopefully and, I get him, but not to the point of a heart attack, but hopefully I get him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and this podcast will air afterwards. So we can, if we remember, in fact, if anyone wants to know if she got him, you guys ask us and we will, and we'll let her tell you about what happened. <laughs> yeah. So what are we talking about today, Tanya? The amazing book, The Seven Spiritual Laws by Deepak Chopra. I guess we also need to give creds to David Simon because it does have both names on the cover. Well, I was introduced to this book by Tanya and when I did my 500 hour training with her and I read the book, but I, I didn't sit down and really delve deep into it until last week. And uh, because I skimmed it for a lot of the stuff there, we had a lot of reading. You were hard. You made us do all kinds of hard stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Don't say that. Anyway, uh, we we did have a lot of reading, so I skimmed it and getting delving into it deeper and taking some time with it and really kind of marinating on this. I really loved the depth that is in this book, and it's a short little book. You can really read the whole book a day or two, really. But it's read, mm -hmm, yeah, it's it's a wonderful book. So I would definitely definitely recommend it. I like how they go into uh, they've got it set up into five parts parts, you know, where they talk about the philosophy that he talks about meditation and breathing and the yoga practice itself. And I like how it's broken up into the parts. And in the first part where they go more into the philosophy of yoga, it's just written nicely. So especially the parts about the subtle body, I really liked 
rereading that part. I thought that was wonderful. Me too. That's one of the quotes I have in here. I like you. I love this book. And that's why I made it a part of our teacher training program, because I feel like it does have a really great part in philosophy, a a section on philosophy, which so mimics everything that we're teaching in our 300 hour program relative to the eight limbs and the royal path. But just really that concept of yoga is the union of mind, body and soul. But when it comes to the subtle body, I pick up the quote on page 25 that says you you can't escape the subtle benefits of yoga. And that's why yoga is such a win for people, right? It just has this effect. And it's because it is on such a deep personal level. And that yes, absolutely, yoga is for your physical body, and it does help with your physical needs. But yoga also helps to nourish us in ways we can't possibly get from pumping weights or running 52 miles. Mm -hmm. Like it does something on a very subtle level energetically for us. And I'm not saying those of you who lift weights that you shouldn't do that, or those of you that run that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying that yoga should be in addition to the things that you love to do outdoors or in a gym that, you know, on that subtle level, it really is a powerful tool. Well, and it can make all of your other activities more successful as well. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on page 25, I love that he brings up these three important questions that are like what drives the rest of the book. And the questions are one, who am I? I don't know, Kat, who are you? Who am I? Mm -hmm. And then what do I want? Well, I'm sure that we all could go down a list and then we'd have to look at that list and decide how many of those things come off of Amazon shopping cart, how many of those things are, you know, not entirely necessary, and then really focus on the things that are true to our happiness, right? Mm-hmm. And then how can I serve? And that to me is one of, I mean, they're all important questions, but to me, that's a question that I think is, of, for me right now, that's the most important because people ask themselves all the time, what, who am I and what do I want? People don't always ask, how can I serve? And I love that. Love that. Exactly. And I think that's the entire buildup of this book Mm -hmm. is that once you know who you are and once you know what you want, then the focus becomes, how can I serve? How can I give it back? What's my dharmic path? How can I help my karma footprint? Like Mm -hmm. this is where we're headed. This is the importance of it. I love it. That's my favorite. And I'm like, okay, so underline, circle, highlight, do whatever you need to do, tab this. But this is the most important. And this is what's leading the entirety of this book. Mm-hmm. So then as you move into this chapter, it talks on page 29. He, this is still the same chapter. So you can tell he's really kind of working into this. But the quote on page 29 is, if I am not for myself, who will be for me? If I I am only for myself, what am I? Mm -hmm. And if not now, when? Yeah, read that last one one more time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yep. yep. If it is so right on, like get out of your head, get over your stuff, and don't wait till tomorrow, like right now, do it now. I just love it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, my favorite book, my favorite ever. Yep. 
And Maybe not ever, because I have lots of favorites, but it's in uh, the top ten. There you go. <laughs> and so then he moves into chapter three, where he's really specifically talking about the royal path or the eight limbs of yoga. And this is like you and I have talked about the eight limbs in our podcasts. So everything that's covered in this chapter, the yamas, the niyamas, there's at least one, if not more, podcasts. After he moves through the royal path in chapter three, in chapter four, he moves into the seven spiritual laws, which are like the crux of the whole book. And mm-hmm. maybe my favorite part in 300 hour, I make students choose one of the seven spiritual laws to write a journal assignment on. It's my favorite. Do we, uh, did you, do you want to m- mention what the seven spiritual laws are? Okay. The first one is the law of potentiality. And then we have the law of giving and receiving, the law of karma, the law of least effort, the law of intention and desire, the law of detachment, and the law of dharma. And these, if you have the book at home, it's um, on page 51 is where they start. And it's a wonderful very wonderful write-up about each one of the laws. And I have to say, I really did like that assignment, the journaling prompt based on choosing one of these. It was wonderful. So I would highly recommend that if you have the book, pick it up and just reread that section there. It's I really love that. It's a good reminder. So just to kind of break it down real quick so that people are like, well, you just gave us seven laws, but what the heck do they mean, right? (laughs) For people who don't have the book. So one, the law of peer potentiality is really about your essential nature. Like at your core, who are you and what is your path, right? Being your true self, right? This law really alights the third and the fifth chakra. As in, who am I and what's my true voice, mm-hmm. right? The second law, the law of giving and receiving, is pretty much exactly that, right? It's the ability to give of self and receive, which sometimes is very hard for people to receive. But to know that the power of a equal exchange in relationships is the power to both give and receive healthily, right? Mm -hmm. Without attachments. Then you have the law of karma, which is number three. And the law of karma is again, just that it's that awareness of the cause and effect of everything that you do, that you say, all of your actions, like what's the ripple effect, like even as small as, you know, outside the law of ahimsa or kindness and non-harm, like what's the effect, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And, and realizing that if, if we are unkind, how big a ripple that that can sometimes cause, right? So mm-hmm. that's this law of karma in its cause and effect, right? The ability to also stop the ripple. So if something bad has happened to us, to be able to take it in, manage our emotions, release it to the ether or the universe or God or whatever, and then be able to move forward without letting the ripple continue. So instead of having the bad thing happen to you and then turning around and doing something bad again, like being able to stop that karmic ripple, right? Then you have the law of least effect. And again, this is being mindful, even in our own self, that that whole no pain, no gain really isn't, it isn't the thing. We use that to excuse our behavior, not to support our behavior, right? That there is benefit in 
lying still in restorative postures as opposed to, you know, having to just always run from here to there. So to remember the law of least effort says that I manage and do my life and I don't have to be so stressed out by it. Like figure out how to turn your life into something that is less is more, right? Mm -hmm. Then you have the law of intention and desire. And this is really, really trying to get you to focus on acceptance of what is, right? And Mm -hmm. when we can accept what is, we come at it from a place of more security. And we also come at it from a place of natural joy, because it's not, I had to make this joy for myself. It's accepting that what is, is joy, right? Mm -hmm. And it really does help us create, like, this is a great place where a gratitude meditation is effective, because it really takes you into a place of knowing and understanding that where our intentions and desires are come from a deep-seated place. And then we have number six, which is the law of detachment. And this is quite literally one of the 10 yamas and niyamas in that's that power to not have attachment to any physical thing as well as to the results of anything either, right? So I can give a gift without the need to hear things. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Because I'm giving it from a very pure place, right? And but I mean specifically anybody be able to give something and not have an attachment to it or be able to do something and not expect somebody to do it in return, right? Yeah. Which is interesting because it's something that maybe I'm struggling with right now. So that's funny that I just said that because now huh. I, I heard it in my head and I was like, oh, Tanya, you should listen to yourself sometimes. You say <laughs> things. <laughs> Tanya, you're amazing. You should listen to your own voice. (laughs) Sometimes you say good things. Why the hell aren't you incorporating them? Interesting. (laughs) And then number seven is the law of Dharma. And this is true purpose in life. And I think it's really cool when you can get to a place where you feel so settled that you can say, this is exactly what my purpose in life was. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I've arrived. So it's really cool. I love the yeah, book. I do too. Part, the second part is all about meditation and breathing and breath work, the bandhas. I really got in, sucked into this part a lot. I love how he describes meditation. I wish I'd written it down, something about the calming of a turbulent mind. Yeah. But um, I loved that, the chakra meditation <clears throat> that they have written out in here. There's a so-hum meditation. And anyway, I, I just thought it was wonderful. It's like a good resource for anyone that... Um, wants to delve deeper, but for yoga instructors that want to pull this out, there's, you know, a mantra awareness, there's different kinds of meditation experiences you can look, read about, you know, thought awareness, sleep, pure awareness, then um, they talk about attention, he talks about attention and inattention meditations and gives you an attention and inattention meditation over on page 95. And I, I just really liked how um, he went through that part about meditation, then going into the breath work. I did not really think about this as an instructional book for a teacher or for a yoga practitioner, but it really is a wonderful instruction.
original book and goes into great detail about different breaths, the bandhas, um, using your breath work in action, going through all of the bandhas and giving you great reasons why you do them and how to do them. And I just thought that was wonderful. Yeah, I think that his instruction is really good. And, you know, even if you were to give creds you know, and be like, hey, I'm going to try a meditation with you all. I'm literally going to read it right from this book because it's so fantastic and you all need to do it. That The really cool part about it is throughout the steps of that meditation, like you were talking about, he's like literally incorporating the seven laws in mm-hmm. the way he speaks it. So it's so cool because you're like, oh, mm-hmm. I just ran you through seven law meditation. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a cool book. One of my faves. One thing I do have to say about the book that I wasn't really, I I didn't pay attention the first time flipping through it. There is a hole on page 175, the seven spiritual laws yoga session. It walks you through doing breath work and meditation and bondo work and energy opening postures. And it has a literal breakdown of how, what he wants you to do to do this spiritual law yoga class for the most part. Yeah. It's like literally got the sequence in there mm -hmm. for you. Yeah. It's super cool. Yeah. Very cool. I know. Great book. Great book. Yeah. I love it. That's why I shared it. (laughs) (laughs) So go get that book guys. Yep. It's a must have. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.